The Best at Work podcast is brought to you by Best Companies Group, an expert in employee engagement and workplace culture for growing businesses. With nearly 20 years of experience working with thousands of companies, Best Companies Group is all about helping you be the best at work, whether as an employee, a leader, or as an HR professional. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Best at Work podcast. My name is Jaime Raul Cepeda. I lead Best Companies Group, and I'm really excited to have a conversation with some of the best minds in business today. Now, at the Best at Work podcast, we always try to answer one simple but big question, which is how can we be the best at work as an employee, as a leader, and as someone who is trying to build a best place to work for everyone? So before we go into that media conversation with our, our guests here, just want to remind you that we have our Best Companies Group HR Leadership Conference coming up in May. Best Companies Group will bring in its nearly 20 years of experience and data from millions of employees across thousands of companies to help everyone there become a best place to work. We'll have amazing speakers, like some of the ones that we'll talk to here in a second, a community dedicated to helping HR leaders succeed, and overall, we're just going to have a great time, right? So that's going to be on May 22nd through the 24th in Minneapolis. You can go to bestcompaniesgroup.com forward slash conference to learn more and get your tickets while you can for the early bird pricing. All right. So let's go into our amazing guests here. And if you wouldn't mind, I would like all of you to just do a quick round robin of introducing yourself. And let's start with that job interview question we all hate to love and love to hate, which is tell me about yourself <laughs> and whoever wants to start, you know, we can go there. So I want to go first. Okay. Avita, <laughs> go for it. Yeah, sure. Okay. Good morning. Good, good afternoon, wherever y'all are at. I'm Avita Santopian, founder and CEO of HireCloud. Um, I am a uh, founder of a tech recruiting consulting firm. We're a global company headquartered in Los Angeles with teams in four different continents, South America, India, Europe, uh, and, uh, and France, and of course, the United States. Um, I'm also an angel investor in many different startups and advisor on many different boards. Uh, I'm really thrilled to be here. My biggest focus is people. It always has been. So this, this was a very appropriate uh, podcast and appropriate, um, I guess, leadership summit for me to attend and speak at. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Avidas. And we also uh, were talking beforehand how Avidas always gets his name order right at Starbucks. Never wrong, right? It's just perfect Never. every time. Every time. Yeah, yeah. Same for me, by the way. Jaime is an easy name to roll off the tongue. So, um, <laughs> Pamela, you want to go, go over to you? Sure. Um, I um, My background is in marketing locally and globally for small, mid, and large public companies. Um, at Bold Insight, I am a managing partner and one of the founding partners. Um, I'm primarily responsible for marketing and internal initiatives, as well as supporting recruiting and company strategy. And um, Bold Insight is a user experience and human factors research agency with offices in Chicago and London. Um, we have a team of about 140, and we have clients across all industries, with the majority of our work being in the medical device space. Um, and our team of executives has been working together for about 10 to 20 years. Um, and one of those executives is Yvette. All right, Yvette. Hi, everyone. Yvette Granger. Um, my background is in industrial engineering with a focus in 
human factors research. So in addition to working with clients and running you know, various research programs in my role as managing partner at Bold Insight, I also focus on shaping various company benefits and policies. Um, I'm closely involved in the employee-facing or employee-focused processes, such as the ones that we have to ensure that our newest employees have you know, the attention and support that they need in their first several months with us. Um, additionally, I do enjoy kind of geeking out on various metrics to determine how our projects um, and thus our business are doing um, to kind of help us then drive better and smarter decisions, both strategically and financially. Great. Thank you so much, everybody. And so um, just to let everybody you know, know that that's hearing us, these are folks that actually walk the talk, right? So uh, Yvette and Pamela, um, you not only will be speaking at the conference and uh, the title of your session that we'll get to in a second, which I find fascinating is applying a UX approach to design, designing a company around employees, right? Which is a, that's a fascinating approach to, to employee experience. But you also uh, work at Bold Insight, which has been a winner for the Crane's Best Place to Work in Chicago, right? So you obviously know what it's like to be at a best place to work and to build one. And Avidas, uh, he's gonna be part of the panel around unlocking employee potential. You are a best place to work SoCal winner, right? Uh, so for Southern California. So um, all of you have know what it takes to build the best place to work. And that's one of the reasons why you're here and we're excited to see you speak in uh, in Minneapolis. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for doing the work. So uh, here at the Best Place, uh, sorry, at the Best of Work podcast, we like to start with the person. We are people first, start with the person and then go into the professional. So can you each tell me something that does not show up on your LinkedIn profile or resume that you are comfortable sharing here. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Anything that you're like, well, nobody knows this about, or not fear people know this about me because I don't promote it, but I love to fill in the blank. Who wants to start? I'll start. Right. Um, I Great have a passion for muscle cars. Um, and I own a special edition 50th anniversary Chevy Camaro, which was an Indy Pace car. Wow. That is awesome. <laughs> Muscle cars. Wow. Yeah, it's a very cool car. <laughs> I, I can go next. Yeah. Um, so so this first part is not super surprising. It sort of shows up, I guess, on my LinkedIn profile, but I grew up in India, so I can speak a handful of Indian languages with varying degrees of, of proficiency. Yeah. Um, but this next part is probably news to most people. I can also speak backwards, um, but that is quite a lonely language. So. <laughs> <laughs> Did you show us? I'd love to hear. Yeah, yeah, yours. you can't just throw it out there and not use it. Ainak yes, nihit emos rafoy tub on eno nak nuts red new m. Wow, well, I can say English? something, but no one can understand. Is what I said. <laughs> <laughs> can you? Can Tough you fact to follow. Like a, yeah, yeah, sorry, Vita. See, this is why that's why it's always why I go first, man. The first why I go first. Get it out of the way. <laughs> Can you, I mean, I don't wanna maybe we could do the whole podcast on that. I don't know. But, uh when do you use it? When do you use that? Do you just like do it for like uh, well, a good party trick or pretty much. We had we had a, a fun bold bold day 
uh, talent show. So that was my showcase talent for the day. All right. Yeah, one. nobody knew what I was saying. So, you know, really, I could say anything. <laughs> that's great that's great all right Avita's trying to beat that all right mine's not as unique as these uh lovely folks but um uh you know often on linkedin you don't see the family side i have a wife and two kids so that's that takes up most of my uh enjoyable hours outside of work uh i'm a family guy i love that's kind of my why right and then um i you know i used to do jujitsu had some injuries so stopped played uh basketball in high school which is surprising because i'm five nine um and i play chess and one of my favorite things to do is to play chess against new employees because they don't know what's coming i typically <laughs> will uh bust the three a three to four move uh, checkmate on them and the, and i wait with my camera to see their their response right because it's all a setup so it's a lot of fun and then we, we we take a picture of it and we post it and it's a lot of fun it's like everybody knows it's a thing you know yeah. what what brave soul beats the boss what brave soul you know, I, you know many what? I'm people show you Many people have beat me, but it's, it's, it's usually the rookies that are like, well, I play, I'm not that good. I'm pretty good. I'm like, don't worry about it. I'm not that good either. And, and it, it's a lot of fun and I'm really not that great. It's just when you play yeah. folks that aren't very good, then, then you look like a, like a grand champion. Well, uh, uh, I watched, uh, the Queens gambit. So I'm pretty much like a chess master. Come um, by Jamie. Let's play. <laughs> oh, hi, man. Sorry. Steve, no, you? no. No, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. My uh, my little guy, I uh, have a seven-year-old boy, um, and he really likes to play chess, but only with the Mario, Super Mario Brother chess pieces he has. Ooh. And so we play that every now and then, and he's actually really good to the point where, I mean, I'm never, I'm not good to begin with, so he didn't have a high bar to clear. But uh, yeah, he he likes it. So one day, Avidas, I'll send him over there and, and we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for sharing uh, a little bit more about yourselves and your, your personal lives. And uh, I'm still waiting for that pick of the muscle car, uh, Pamela, you know, picks her. It didn't happen. Um, so let's go into, into work a bit. Um, this is a big, broad question just because I love hearing where people end up taking it. Right. Is what do you love about your work? Right. You can take it anywhere you want. You could, you could, you know, take it into the work you do day to day. You could, you know, you know, tell us about the things it helps you do with your family, anything like that. But just like, what do you love about your work? Like where it wants to jump in first. This is an easy one. I think, um, oh, yeah, this is an easy one. The, the people and the company culture for me, number one. Um, I mean, those two aspects go hand in hand, yeah. you know, they're key to the employee experience by far my favorite things about Bold Insight. Um, I can honestly say my coworkers are some of the people that I choose to hang out with outside of work. Um, and, and I think a lot of that is because we have paid close attention to, to the culture. We've always mm -hmm. fostered a, you know, very collaborative, very supportive, non-competitive environment. Um, and at the crux of it, the people that we hire are, are two things. They're smart and they're nice. You know, mm -hmm. that's, that's who we're going after. Um, in fact, we reimagined our hiring process to help reveal those people, uh, the ones that we call unicorns, who mm. can continue to build and strengthen our company culture while delivering the quality of work that we expect, um, but then their values also align with ours. That's fascinating. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. 
Oh, I'll just uh, go. Um, I love um, talking about and and um, my favorite part of, of the company is the flat structure that we have because of the um, collaborative environment that it, it fosters. Um, the mentorship, training, advocacy, um, for example, 68% of our company is female and 71% of our senior team is female. And I mm -hmm. think that almost perfect alignment showcases that sort of empowering environment that we encourage everybody to, to reach their professional goals and, and support them along the way. So I, I'm really proud of that. Awesome. Great. I can, I can go next. So uh, similar to, to, to the two folks on the panel, I, uh, I love the people it's cliche, but I like being able to uh, kind of, hire smart folks and try to learn from them and teach them a little bit more about my experience. I love having a really fun culture. Uh, and, and it's, it's tested during times like these, right. Where we're in a pseudo recession and there's a little bit of panic and, and stress and just allowing people just, just to relax, right. Just take yeah. the pressure off. We're all in this together. Uh, like Pamela mentioned, we also have a very woman heavy organization and our leadership team is approximately 60%. Uh, women, which is really, really nice. Um, and then beyond that, beyond my own company, which is not that big of an organization, we get to make an impact on on other companies and how they hire and how they make decisions. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's really powerful too, because we've helped companies go from nothing to, you know, $2.6 billion acquisitions or an IPO. And, and they look back on the first you know, a few very important hires as, as one of the deciding factors. And it's really nice to see, they won't say it publicly, but over drinks or dinner, they'll, they'll remember that one person. You're surprised they even knew that we were involved, you know, but that's always nice to see that there's some yeah. impact beyond revenue. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that you um, mentioned, Yvette, that um, I want to like kind of zoom in on a bit is kind of how, how much everybody in this, in this conversation, you all have good amount of influence, right? Into the kind of culture that gets created where you are, right? Either because of your role or your title, or just, you know, the, the fact that you've been there for a while. Um, can you, each of you or whoever is comfortable share, what do you try to do on a day-to-day -day basis to create a great workplace? right? To create an environment where people feel like they can be the best at work, where they can, you know, truly thrive and take it wherever you want. Like take it as like some of the programs that you've helped build or take it as like your own personal leadership behaviors. Like what do you try to do to cultivate that kind of environment where people are engaged, have fun, and, uh, you know, they're, they're productive at the same time. I think um, one of the ways um, as a growing company, we, you know, we started as 11 and we grew to 120. And so some of our systems and our processes had to evolve. And, and one of the ways that we want to make sure people know that they're heard and mm -hmm. that they're seen. And when you're, you know, when you used to be one of 11 and now you're one of 120, how, how do you create that environment? Right. So I think as managers, um, we, look for sort of creative ways to ensure that there's a communication channel that that um, employees are getting that recognition and and having a voice and we're reacting to their voice and so we create smaller you know micro teams within this larger team to make sure that there's that that vision there mm. uh, that's definitely one way we try to do it 
And so yeah. you're talking about kind of like the the flat structure, right? That you're talking about right now. Right. I can jump and, in on. Yeah, oh, go, go ahead, Eva. Please, no, 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 please. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, as a business, obviously the the bottom line matters, right? Like we do want to be successful and profitable, mm -hmm. things like that. But we are not, you know, overemphasizing that over the people in some ways, mm -hmm. meaning that people have some space and they have some room to make mistakes. We know that's going to happen. Um, we have what we call project reviews on a weekly basis. We're looking at, you know, how well are these projects doing? Those projects are tied to people, right? Mm -hmm. But this is not intended to to shame them or to call them out or, you know, Put them put them in the spotlight the negative spotlight of like well why did you go over why is this not under budget or anything like that it is to inform better practices it's to inform mm -hmm. where do we need training it's to inform those changes that pam was talking about you know we're trying to actually bring about or affect those changes that can help grow our people we know that the numbers will follow you know that's that's not the focus here and i think people see that because they're in these meetings you know, that's kind of a very tangible way that they're understanding that, yeah, I mean, numbers matter, but that's not the, the sole important piece here. They care about me as an individual. And I think that that fosters a lot of, you know, just that openness, that communication, those key pieces that are important to building a good culture where there's trust at the end of the day. Very cool. Jamie, uh, Jaime, what was the, the question? I've, I've, I've uh, lost touch on, on exactly what we're answering. No, that was good. So it's more around like, uh, you know, what, what do you do? What do you personally do, Avidis, to create a culture where people feel like they can belong, they can thrive, they can be engaged, like as a leader, but also just like as a person, like what kind of things do you try to create there at Higher Cloud? Got it. Um, you know, creating a culture of kindness. Uh, and, and I am a very competitive person and I'm very, very focused on growth. We were in 5,000 fastest growing companies. You don't do that by not being competitive, not caring about the, the bottom line and the top line and all that stuff, but yeah. caring about people beyond, beyond their abilities at that moment in time. Uh, I think, to be honest with you, short term was actually a crutch for us. People would say you keep people too long while they struggle. Um, I think you're overdoing this whole people first mindset. And, and I didn't necessarily disagree, but that's who my partner and I are. Um, however, long term, I think it's played a, a very, very important factor in us being able to retain uh, folks long term, uh, the right folks, right? Because otherwise yep. people will come and go because they're looking for transactional work. They're going to come and go once they get what they need. But long term, I've, I've been able to hold on to my key players because I, I care about them beyond uh, the revenue. Um, now is a great example, to be honest with you, you know, our revenue is down. And uh, it is much easier for me to start letting go of folks that I don't need, but I don't think like that. Right. I think th yeah. these are, these are folks that quit jobs to join us and they they've done a good job. If they're struggling right now, that's okay. We can, we can, we can work with them long-term. And when it turns around, hopefully we've built a lot of trust and loyalty and they could be the, the next stories we talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, I have raise of hands who here has read like uh, Brené Brown. Um, and I didn't have her work. Yeah. Okay. So, um, one of the, yeah, I'm, I'm a brand name Brown fan. So I, I, I love the, the work that she does. Uh, and now I love that she's going more into how it applies into business and leadership. Right. Cause I, 
that there's some really interesting insights there. One of the things that, um, you know, um, I remember she always talks about in her recent book, it's like clarity is kind, right? Like, and, and that's, I'm hearing this come up a couple of times here, right? Where you can have a people first organization, but at the same time, you can still be clear about where you are as a business. There's tough times, there's good times, right? Where you are with an individual is like, hey, you keep dropping the ball on this, what's going on? Can we kind of talk about that so we can get better rather than avoiding the issue altogether? And then if things proceed, right, you can be you know, clear and kind whenever you have to make a decision, right? You know, what's not working out, right? We tried it and it's not working out. So I'm, I'm hearing like that's part of it. And, and you don't hear that too much whenever you're talking about creating a best place to work or all that. You hear a lot of kind of, not in this group, but just like I've, I've been in the space long enough where like you hear a lot of these platitudes, right? But then it's like, okay, how do you really do it? Because sometimes it does get messy, right? Sometimes you do have to make a call. Sometimes you do have to have a tough conversation because um, at the end of the day, you are running a business, right? And you are trying to make sure that you are sustainable and that, you know, you have, you have a future, right? Well, and I think it's also, sorry. Please. I was, I was just going to say, I think it's always also that you're trusting people with information and you're mm -hmm. being as transparent as possible because information is power, right? So we have a monthly bonus program that is very transparent and connected to our business revenue and, and things like that. So people can really see that, hey, I worked really hard, really, you know, last month, and this is the results of the labor, and, and this is how it connects back to the business. And I think that with transparency, you, you get that trust of employees. Mm -hmm. what, what I was going to mention, thank you, Pamela, that's great. Um, radical candor is a great concept, and, and hopefully you all have read the book, but yeah. one of the things you mentioned is what I would describe as ruinous empathy, when you just don't, you know, you don't want to hurt their feelings or you don't, you just don't want confrontation. So you let it go versus caring deeply for them and, and, and challenging them. You could do better. This is not a great fit for you. And potentially when you let them go, you do it with kindness and you do it with the fact that it's, you're holding them back potentially. Uh, so we're big on radical candor and, and I'm, you nailed it. There's so much cliche nonsense about perks and this and that and what i've learned over the years it's not what it's about right it's really not what it's about it's about being there for people when uh when they need you the most you know and and, and when they need deeply need you not your perks no one needs your snacks no one i mean i have a beautiful office with an open bar a pool table massage table we have all that but it really means nothing if you don't treat your employees well you know yeah yeah absolutely um if I do have anything on that, otherwise we're, we're going to move on to the next thing. But you, you, you're the one that sparked the, the motivation for this part of the conversation. Yeah. No, this was great. I, I'm good. We can. We can okay. Yeah. Yeah. And radical candor. That's a that's a really good book too. That's a really Kim Scott. Um, yeah. They can go hand in hand. You know, clarity, kindness, and you know, having a people first organization. That's all part of the same sentence. Um, so, you know. Uh, give us a sneak peek into some of the things that you're excited to talk about at the upcoming Best Companies Group HR Leadership Conference, which is coming up in May. Um, you know, for example, like I know Yvette and Pamela, you're talking about how you take a UX, you know, approach to creating an environment where employees can thrive, right? And Avidis, you're talking about it like, you know, as a 
as a you know CEO, like how you can create an, an environment where you can unlock people's potential. You know, are there some things that you're excited to share with the audience there to have a conversation there? Anything that you're, you know, you've shared in the past that you can give us a sneak peek into? Yeah, um, I can go. So, so as Pam described at the beginning, you know, what our company offers is user experience or UX research. It's all about making things intuitive. It's about reducing friction. Um, and since the beginning, when we founded Bold Insight, something that we set out to do was to turn that UX lens inwards. So in this case, that means understanding the needs of the employee um, and then making decisions and driving changes where needed based on those needs. So focusing not just on their needs, but also, you know, what motivates our employees, what keeps them happy and engaged and wanting to bring their A game each day. So it, that started off as a bit of an experiment. Um, and now five years later, we have some results. So that's a little sneak peek that we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about the results of that experiment, essentially. Right. And I think basically growing and starting a company with the whole purpose being employee retention, because especially in this environment now, obviously we're all very focused on employee retention and this was our, our driving force. And, and, you know, from everything from our first interview in the interview process to company structure, to loyalty based benefits, you know, we advertise that we want to be your last job interview ever. And that is a very lofty goal, right? How do you do that? How do you continue to be agile and flexible and, and react to employees, you know, evolving professional goals and, and life stages and all these things. And so um, we want to share with, with everybody uh, that attends is, you know, some tips that, that we've done um, some success metrics and, and hopefully, you know, attendees walk away with, sort of some inspired by ideas of these UX approaches that can be applied. I have, I have to ask, I mean, can you give us one? Can you tease out one? That, <laughs> <laughs> you know, throw one out there. They're like, hey, no, a freebie here. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the vet, you want to... Yeah, let, let's let's have Avidas go, and then we'll come back to this one. Okay. Right, right, right. So I already know I already know what session I'm going to. So I'm actually <laughs> really intrigued. Um, I'm very intrigued what you said, uh, Pamela, about last interview because again, that is not the the mindset of of, of Gen Zs, especially right now. It's all very transactional, yeah. which actually does not align with what I'm talking about, which is long term. So I'm, I'm also having a little bit of challenge with that. So I'm really looking forward to actually being part of that session. Um, for me, it's, it's, again, it's creating a people first culture, right? Employees first customers as a, as not second, but a one B, uh, and also alignment. What I'm learning is it's not even about how smart they are, how great they are. Uh, it's not about how great you are and how great your culture is. It's alignment of goals. If our goals are aligned, you will stay and grow and we will take care of you no matter what. If there's misalignment in what you're trying to achieve and what we're trying to achieve, we're, we're going in the wrong direction. Again, it doesn't matter how much we pay you, how well we treat you, how great this is, or how great that is. It really doesn't matter. Um, I, I've, I've learned that people will move on when they've transacted and gotten what they needed or companies will transact and move on from you when they, when, when they're done with 
getting what they want out of you. So creating an interview process that's really consistent and really thorough without being long for the sake of being long and creating alignment amongst both sides. Yeah. There is a, there is an interesting dynamic, right. That's happening right now where, you know, the newer, the younger generations, they see work very differently than the Gen Xers, baby boomers, right. Absolutely. Where like you, you mentioned it, Avita, like it's a, it's a bit more of a transaction where I'll be here as long as it makes sense for me. Yes. Right. Not as I'm committing to you, you're committing to me. And, um, and that's different, right. From what we've done in the past. So I've seen some companies push back on that. It's like, no, 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 we want you here for a very long time. How do we make that happen? Others are like, well, that's how it goes. So let's expect you to leave within two years and build a, build a kind of recruiting cycle and talent cycle that, that matches with that. Like, how are you all seeing that within your own organizations dealing with Gen Z's and millennials, which we all love to hate on millennial and, you know, don't, don't get too personal here, but, uh, but not millennial like, you know, too. Yeah, there you go. Right. There's nothing wrong with this, you know, a I thousand... whined and complained about millennials until I found out I was a cusp millennial. And I was like, I gotta stop <laughs> talking about my people. Yeah. There's a, uh, what's that? Like there's, there's the, well, I've heard now elder millennials. I'm like, oh, that makes me feel great. Elder 1980 and 81, right? 80 and 81. Right. Cus, cus, I like cusp uh, babies much better. But There you go. There you go. Yeah, I, I, way, I, I can answer sense. that since, since I talked so much about this topic, uh, if, you, if you don't mind. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. For me, it, it, it's, it's a challenge and, and, and I don't have it figured out quite yet. But I think the key is, again, both sides being incredibly honest with themselves. If, if your whole goal is to come in and, and leave in a year, we've got, we've got to do one of two things. If that doesn't align with our goals, then we, we shouldn't hire you. You should go mm-hmm. and do that somewhere else. And if, if that's okay, we're willing to, to deal with that, then, then we have to know that up front so that we do, we do similar, right? That we make really good business decisions based on the fact that, okay, this person doesn't really plan on being here more than a year anyhow. So don't spend a year ramping them up as they are not succeeding. Because if, if we can be honest, if the whole goal is to stick together so we can grow together and your goal is not to grow with us, um, then there is a misalignment, I think, uh, but knowing is power. I think we, we talked about knowledge is power. Information is power. I think both sides have to know that and vice versa. Hey, if, if I, as a company only need this role and it's an experiment, you should know that you should know that before you quit a job that you spent six years growing at just to come in for me to go, ah, never mind. It's, it's not working and you're gone after seven months. Yeah. So I, I believe both sides need to be very, 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 very honest with themselves and with each other so that, that, that you create a partnership and an alignment right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. This is a great question and just a great topic. We've all lived through this. I think UX is a hot field. So we have felt this pain uh, closely and uh, Jaime, you asked for a, for a tip, right? A little preview into, um, but I think it's very, very related to this topic because yeah. One of the one of the things we'll throw out there for consideration is about exploring a different perspective. You know, we're going to talk about the notion of building careers and not just jobs. And how does that kind of simple shift in perspective change everything? Really, it changes how how we make processes happen, how we make policies, how we develop benefits. How does that shift when you're not looking at this short period in time? 
and really looking to build that that career. Um, and I will say, you know, one of the the results is we now have a 97% employee retention rate, which is the highest we've ever seen. Um, yeah. And it is it largely can be attributed to to kind of that shift in perspective and, and looking at it from that longer term lens. That's true. And even those who decide that, you know, maybe this consulting career isn't something that they want to do long term because of the open communication that we encourage with our managers and their direct reports and and that very transparent, honest conversations that, that we encourage, um, we help them navigate to their next career like we don't just say okay here's your two weeks more of a long term let's help let's help get you somewhere that you want to get recommendations networking you know all those things because again it's that that supportive atmosphere that's for all employees whether because a lot of our team members if they do leave they become clients so it's that long-term relationship yeah i mean that's a again to tie it back to something we talked about. It's like that long-term view, right? It's that long-term view of, yeah. uh, which, which I think you, you crystallized uh, perfectly, Pam, is today you're an employee, tomorrow you could be a client. Uh, you could be an investor at some point, like life is long, <laughs> you know, like you never know. And the world is small. <laughs> and the world is small, yes. But especially when you get really good at what you're doing, you end up bumping into the same people, right, all the time. And so if that person ends up becoming a master in their, in their field, you're going to bump into them at some point for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I came from LinkedIn and at LinkedIn, we have what's called a uh, tour of duties, right? Where it's very common for somebody after two years to either change a role or leave the company, right? Because they're like, you came here to do a certain thing. We call it a tour of duty. We came here to solve this challenge or lead this team or transform this thing. Uh, once you're done, what's next for you? And we call it like the next play. What's your next play, right? So there's this sense of like, that's what I meant earlier. Like some companies have just embraced it. It's like, okay, every two years, there's just going to be motion here. Um, let's just build around it. And uh, and for them, it works. But, you know, obviously they're in they're in tech and it's a different, different beast. Um but it's two years and you're almost expected to move on to something else. Well, and I think that's what's exciting about, you know, thinking thinking about things from a UX perspective is that there isn't a one size fits all approach. And, you know, to us, the secret sauce is UX, but, you know, really listening to the user and, and designing things around the user, whether that be at a company where that two year magic number happens or a more of a long-term career sort of focus. Um, it's really about being custom uh, around the user or in this case, the employee. It's exciting. Excited. We're looking forward to hearing about this in, in, uh, in Minneapolis. Um, we're, we're coming up on our time here to close. I want to be respectful of everybody's time here. Thank you for joining us. Uh, anything last, last words, not last words. I mean, we'll talk again, but, <laughs> any any words to wrap us up today before we get going? Uh, I don't mind jumping in on a quick quick one, Jaime. So, so yeah, so, sure. So, all these things people are saying is it's making me think. So for me, number one thing I want I want to talk about when I'm at this panel is is yes. playing to people's strengths. I think as companies and people, we're constantly trying to play to you know almost um, reduce people's strengths and constantly trying to make them someone that they're not. 
and it takes so much of their brain power and, and energy away yeah. from their strengths because we want them to be well-rounded. We do this to, to our kids, right? They, they've got all A's in three topics and the, the two B's, we must bring it up because they have to be good at science and math when they're brilliant writers and readers. And, and, and I've learned that that's a waste of effort. So I've learned really to play to people's strengths and I've created departments based on people's strengths and it's really uh, been beneficial. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So I mean, I'm excited to, to see you all in Minneapolis because it sounds like we're going to be talking about strengths-based coaching. We're going to be talking about transparency. We're going to be talking about using, you know, uh, you know, user experience, best practices to create an employee environment where people can thrive, uh, clarity. It's all stuff that really is really important right now. Right. Especially when, Depending on the industry you're in, you're either struggling to hire fast enough or you're struggling to, you know, make the most out of, you know, the the folks that you still have. Right. So it's it's important regardless of where you are. So I want to thank you for for being here and joining us in this conversation. Um, just a reminder, we do have the the conference coming up on May 22nd, 23rd, 24th. You can go get your tickets. Early pricing still available. And if you're in HR, you actually get a discounted price. Uh, just go to bestcompaniesgroup.com forward slash conference. I will see you in Minneapolis. You'll get to see all these amazing people one more time and get to see uh, all the good stuff they'll have to share. And thank you for being here. Thank you, everyone. Really thank fun. you. Thanks, everybody. Yeah.